Guys, Jordan has presented to me maybe the most wonderful apple fritter I have ever had. And I dare say ever will. Yep. I don't know if I'm going to get – I don't like – when I think of apple fritter, I don't know, though, because I didn't think that this amount of pleasure from an apple fritter was possible. No, this is – yeah. I should go for an apple fritter. It's so good. So good. Um, it's not even our birth anniversary. Here we are eating on our show again. <laughs> um, I want to talk about – I want to talk about where these donuts came from. But I want to wait, I think, until we start the episode. Okay. Go ahead and dive in, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> <clears throat> what? Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about movies. From the dual perspective of critical nerdiness, my name is Jordan. And I am CJ. Jordan here is our studied and credentialed critic of both film and maybe even more so. Television. Television. We'll, get, we'll go to that. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. And CJ is our resident nerd, mostly of movies. Well, mostly of, well, movies. <laughs> and also, very much so, comic books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Very, very much so, comic books. But also, uh, we're going to be bringing him into the TV camp. Um, so, all right, it's complicated. Today, uh, I have this... Um, I don't know if anybody else feels like this. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure other people do. Um, in fact, I was talking to someone earlier who does feel this way. But I wonder I wonder what percentage of people feel the way that I feel about the way things are going right now. Because I'm not very frightened so much. But I am very sad. Like, mm. all the time. Um, like, I have, like, a lot of... Like, I think the word is poignancy. Like, I just feel, I feel a lot of poignancy about... The circumstances of so many people. Um, uh, it's just, it's its its a real, you know, I mean, yeah, coronavirus is really scary. But also, more than that, I think almost almost more than that, the uh, our economic situation is, yeah. is very frightening. And lots of people are already suffering, and it's probably going to get worse. And it's just, I'm... It's, it's it's a weird time to be alive for a lot of reasons, and my predominant emotion, and this is what I meant when I said earlier, I wonder how many people feel like me. Um, just I'm just sad. I just feel yeah. a lot of sadness. Uh, you know, people joke about how the, the Simpsons can predict the future, right? You see that a lot. But it does feel somewhat like we're living in a Simpsons episode <laughs> because, like, it's a, it's a massive pandemic – and it's a really big deal. And Donald Trump is president. <laughs> it just feels like it was written. Uh, yeah. So it is. It is a really weird, unusual situation. It is to, less, like live. In. It is less funny. Maybe maybe it's sort of equally funny to like later season Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, I I um I, I bring this up because it's a it's a big influence on what's going to be happening today on our show, but also because uh, CJ was talking about the donut that I brought in. Um, I bought I brought in a couple of donuts. I brought in an apple fritter from my favorite donut shop. So good. I was I broke I broke a lot of rules. I went to a donut shop that you, was still open. You did. I bought donuts. When my wife listens to this, she's going to be very angry. She's going to be. My <laughs> wife will probably be upset too. Um, I'm bringing her home a donut, which I don't know which will win. Like her gratitude sure. at me bringing her home a donut, or her anger with me at going to this yeah. donut shop to get it. <laughs> Um, but it's, so the story of this donut shop is that I used to live, we, we, we had to move about a year and a half ago. And before, before we moved for about four years, we lived, um, 
three or four years we lived in in this place that uh, that was like literally a block away from this donut shop. Mm-hmm. And so I would walk there pretty frequently, got to know the owners of the shop. There's just this lovely little family, and I they're just wonderful people. And when I went in there today, I hadn't been in there in a while. And they were, you know, oh, it's really nice to see you. You know, like, cause they, they remembered me. It's like, you know, that's the dream, right? You go sure. into a little business that remembers you. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's always, that's, that's all I ever want. Anyway, and, uh, you know, I picked out a few donuts <clears throat> and uh, they gave me an extra one because, which I didn't even realize until I left. And we were just talking about, you know, the current situation. And I, I told them, I'm really glad you guys are still open. Like, it's really, you know, wonderful. And they're like, yeah. Um, you know, it's business has slowed down a lot, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's tough, but like, you know, what else, what option do we have? I mean, Bill's going to keep, we have to keep paying for power, have to keep paying rent, have to keep paying, you know, for, so might as well just stay open and hope people come in sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah. what are you going to do? Um, it's not a sit down place, so whatever. Um, anyway, and I just, um, I just left feeling like just a lot, just feeling a lot, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and clutching my little bag of donuts from my favorite donut place. And I just want to cry like all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's anyway. not uh, it's it's not great, and it's it's something that like when I think about like I like I'm doing I'm doing okay, I'll be all right. Yeah. But then like then your mind goes to your neighbor, mm-hmm. and then it goes to for me it goes to my family. Yeah. It's like well then how it'll affect them and how it'll affect their neighbors, and then soon as you trace it, you're su- you suddenly can think of a hundred people that it's going this they won't get sick or die, but it's going to affect them. In a very massive way. Well, <clears throat> so to segue into our show, I mean, so this is Nerd Critic, a show about movies. <laughs> like, this is the the entertainment industry is just getting just catastrophized. It is it is getting ravaged by this yeah. thing because people can't productions have productions have to shut down because they're petri dishes for disease. Um, uh, nothing is more high touch than a set <laughs> film yeah. set. Oh, totally. Um, and so productions are all shutting down. Movies are getting delayed because movie theaters are also petri dishes for disease. So nobody, like the whole, and and that's not even to speak of like music festivals, which yeah. is a totally different you know thing. But it's also part of the entertainment industry. And everybody, so many people who are employed by the entertainment industry are are contractors. They are per totally. job paid like day rate. Workers attaching sports to that too. Yeah, sports, and all these people just won't be able to work. Yeah, and won't be able to get paid, and won't be able to pay the rent. Uh, And and you know, poor nerd critic doesn't get to cover movies every week. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it feels really trivial, and it it is. It is really trivial. Like our problems are nothing. Yeah, it it was pretty wild though because it was uh, because we were planning on covering the hunt Mm -hmm. in this episode. Yeah. And uh, theater shut down. I I got sick. It was just a cold, luckily. But mm-hmm. you know, you don't know, so you're told to stay inside. So I was I was I stayed inside all weekend, and I was like, okay, I gotta I can see the movie uh, the day that we record. So I'll just see it during the day, and then we'll record. By the time that day came around, theaters were shut down. Yeah. That I it was not an option, and yeah, so no more and and it went from it went from I'm not feeling well to no more theaters yeah, in, no more in movies. Los Angeles, yeah. no more movies in like four days. Yeah. 
it's, it's yeah, really it's, wild. It's, it's really wild. It's pretty crazy. So, so we had a conversation. Yes, we had a conversation. We've we because we had to decide. Hey, do we want to just put the show on hiatus, or do we want to try to do something else? And we decided we want to try to do something else because yeah. we still love making the show, and we we don't want you to forget about us. <laughs> and we uh, we won't forget about you. And so uh, we decided that we can there that we can we can I think we can help in a very small, perhaps very trivial way. Sure. Um, we would like to try to make. Uh, make this this whole experience for as long as it lasts just a little more pleasant. And so, yeah, our plan, because no one is going to be seeing any movies for a while. Um, the, uh, the, the good news about this happening in, in 2020 is the fact that uh, streaming content is oh yeah as, is, endless. as easy as can. Endless. It's endless. It's endless. So I've said this before. I've, this is like one of my. This is one of my soapboxes. It's a very short soapbox, but but this is the here. Here's how it goes. It, it's a, it goes like this. Right now, in today's world, you could you could restrict your media consumption to only super super high quality things that you personally will absolutely love, and you will never run out of things to watch mm. or read or listen to. Yeah, because there is just so much. There's a glut of media, and it is. It's and it's. But a lot of it, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good stuff. Yeah. So what we're going to do from now until theaters reopen and we can all get back to watching big movies every weekend, we're changing our format. And what we're going to do is uh, is we're going to, uh, we want you to consider Nerd Critic your new best friend for streaming. So every week we're going to make a handful of recommendations for things you should be binging, movies and TV. And... Some of our recommendations might be stuff you've already seen. Some might be stuff you've never even heard of. Either way, it'll all be stuff that we love and we think is amazing and we think that is totally worth your time. And uh, and then the following week, we'll do a we'll do a, a thoughtful rapid fire breakdown of those recommendations. So every week we'll have a set of recommendations and then we'll cover the recommendations from the previous week. That's the format. Sounds good. So we're going to cover. Uh, we're going to stick to. Uh, content in our, I mean, are we sticking to the major streaming services? We're looking at Netflix, HBO, Hulu, Disney Plus, yeah. Amazon. We'll probably stay away from Stars, Showtime, sure. HBO, okay. or not HBO. We're we're definitely getting HBO. Um, you can't be on a show that talks TV in unless it. You have to talk HBO. about HBO. Yeah, HBO is critical. Uh, I and when I was saying you, I wasn't saying the royal you. I was saying you, me Jordan. Personally, yeah, you yeah, have I, to talk I, there, about there, HBO. I have to talk about HBO. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, so all those, all those platforms, um, pretty much we'll, we'll probably only leave out like the, the, the really, the more obscure ones like CBS all access, not going to do it. Sure. Um, if it's on network TV, we, it's fair game. So like AMC works like, um, FX is now on Hulu, which is the best <laughs> thing that's happened this year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, no Showtime stars, uh, and Epic. There's a show that I love on Epic that I'm not gonna bother trying to recommend because Got nobody it. has Epic. Got it. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stick to the big ones. Does that get shorty? It is get shorty. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. If you by chance, <laughs> if you are one of the, as you recommend, if you are one of the four people <laughs> that has access to Epic, uh, Epics, sorry, Epics, Epics yeah. 
E-P-E-E-P-I-X. Yeah, if you have access to Epics, by all means, watch Get Shorty. It is wonderful. But you probably don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Okay, so we give recommendations. uh And then the the next week we talk about those recommendations. This is the first week. Bit of a chicken and egg scenario. Yes, we didn't give recommendations. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you recommendations. To, and then hopefully, you know, if you respect our opinions, you will go watch those recommendations and then come back next week mm-hmm. and we'll talk about these recommendations. Uh, and then we figured that we this week would just cover shows that are really popular and a lot of people yeah. have watched. You've probably seen them or yeah. at least you've heard you've of them. heard of them. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's first give our recommendations. All right. First? Okay. okay. Yeah. First, uh, because people probably know from the title what our actual episode is about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, do you want to go first? Uh, I'll I'll do one, then you do one. I think we should just do both. Oh man! Okay. <laughs> I want to like build. I want to build the suspense. Okay. Well, All then right. we can build it. No, no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> my first recommendation is something that I've recommended many times <laughs> that uh, I will continue to recommend many, many, many times. Uh, in fact, there will be an article. Uh, on our website that's recommending even more. And the first thing I recommend is About Time. It's on Netflix right now. If you Uh, haven't seen it, what is the matter with you? Also, like... It's just it's so feel good, yeah. and the message in it oh, is yeah. so applicable this to is, now. Oh, it's the like, best freaking movie! It, it is. It is just. It just. Isn't just it on is both of our top ten lists of all time? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think it's one of the only movies that that uh, that actually breached the top ten lists of top ten movies of all time for both CJ and I. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's that's yeah, yeah. Th- it's that, a big deal. It's a big deal. So about time on Netflix, uh, and then my second one. I don't know if you have gotten into this second one. Uh, it's on Hulu, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Community. Have you ever watched Community? I have. Okay. I actually, I've seen at least the first couple of seasons. Um, Community is a, str- a strange animal in that it has passed many hands. <laughs> yes. At one point it was on like Yahoo Live or yeah. something. <laughs> the, s- um, the sixth season. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Community that I haven't seen. Sure. But I have seen, I've seen enough of it to appreciate it. I, so I, I can recommend uh, like the first three uh, and then three and a half seasons uh, because there is uh, the guy who plays Troy, who's Charles Gambino or yep. Donald Glover. Who is a gift to this planet? Uh, he, I literally wrote an entire article about yeah. why Joe, why uh, Donald Glover is amazing. Uh, he is uh, he is amazing. So anyway, he uh, he was helping write on the show. He was in the show, uh, and he leaves. And man, do you feel it? Yeah. Uh, I think that the first two seasons of Community are just ah, just great stuff. So just for the sake of making this feasible for people. Yeah. Uh, when we recommend shows, it, insofar as we can, we should probably try to recommend, like, specific seasons. Oh, uh, then Community Season 1, and mm. to break it down even further, the the last half of Season 1. Oh, okay. uh, And you'll get a taste of what Community is. I mean, I was so going to say we, you can recommend the first two seasons of Community, but, but yeah, I mean, no, yeah. No, no, yeah, we can, I can break it down so that if you want to watch, like, three episodes to feel like you're in part of the conversation, then, d- then do that. And but maybe, maybe first if you only want to watch one episode... The one that I that comes to mind for the first couple of seasons for me is the one where, um, the one where the the uh, reading rainbow guy comes. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, yeah. You, you have to know the characters a little bit yeah. when LeVar Burton yeah. shows up. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that was that – was, <laughs> probably that i i i laughed harder in that episode than i have in most other tv shows ever like that was yeah it was great a good, it's a good it's one. Great. anyway anyway paintball episode's great too paintball, paintball, paintball episode is great yeah um anyway that's a great those are great recommendations so those are my two guys. recommendations yeah my recommendations are also comedies um just kidding my recommendations are sometimes funny <laughs> uh so <clears throat> my first recommendation i'm also going to i'm also going to go with a movie on netflix um El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Um, it was, I think it was on my top ten of 2019. It was. I, I love this movie. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it is wonderful. Um, I intend to watch it again in preparation for our episode next week. Um, it's wonderful. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, you can watch El Camino and enjoy it. Oh, good to know. But oh, okay. you shouldn't. Okay. All right. You shouldn't. So, therefore... My second recommendation. <laughs> but, I mean, t- to be fair, like, most people have seen Breaking Bad by now. And totally. if you haven't, take this opportunity. You're uh, working from home. You're quarantined in your house. <laughs> you've got just – you've just got a, a, just an infinite sea of content in front of you beckoning your attention. And I say – Watch Breaking Bad. Get with the program. Okay, I Join will. Join the rest of the universe. Go. The reason, the <laughs> reason that I that I would so strongly recommend Breaking Bad to people who haven't watched it yet, it is it it, it is not only a not only a great show still, not only a show that holds up entirely. I mean, it's like ten years old at this point. It holds up entirely. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, it is also. Uh, it is also responsible in large part for the kind of TV that we have now, especially on networks, that has an ending, like a beginning, a middle, and an end, and an end that was written to be a certain length and then is that length. Mm. Also, Vince Gilligan is a genius. And so if you're watching Breaking Bad, you're watching some of the best TV writers and uh, creators alive. And, you know, the cast is incredible. Everything... Everything about the show is, is excellent, and it also happens to be one of the best told stories on TV up to that point, and it influenced so many shows afterward. All right. Um, so it's very much, I, very I, much worth people's time. I have seen uh, the first half of the first season of Breaking Bad, so I will Go again back and keep going. And, uh, dive in, and I will <sighs> – I'm actually really excited about it because I'm I've been kind of looking for a movie or a TV show that like really really captures me um uh, which I watched a, a recommendation of yours today and it really caught me and now you're telling me to ignore that <laughs> and go watch Breaking Bad which I will do reluctantly but I'm sure next week I'll come back and I'll thank you you'll for be it. so full of fire you'll be uh, so excited yeah. you'll be just dying to talk about it it's going to be great all right so those are our recommendations should we, uh, yeah, should we should we get into yeah. uh, today's conversation? Let's do it. All right. So, first off, I'm, like, I'm actually really excited now. I'm excited to get into this stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm less excited to get into the, our, to our first up. Good. Uh, I'm glad. That, act, that actually excites because me. Because I read your notes, and <laughs> it, it just feels like it's going to be a battle. Our fir- the first thing we're going to talk about is The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Now, this is a weird situation because it is a Star Wars thing. It is a Star Wars uh, thing. But according to the notes, Jordan wasn't a fan. 
No, CJ, I was not. <laughs> and the thing that baffles me about this particular TV show is that a lot of people seem pretty okay with it. And I don't understand. In fact, a lot of people are like, well, you know what it has done? What it's done is it's made me lose a lot of faith in Star Wars fans. Mm. Like, where's your taste? Where's your sense of where's your sense of story? Where's your sense of character? Really, are you only here for the costumes? Was that really like what it comes <laughs> down to? You just really all you wanted was costumes. Sure. And like that's so I, I honestly I don't really remember anything from this show other than the costumes. I just don't like there was Oh my gosh. I I I could go I okay. First of all, created and apparently predominantly written by John Favreau. Which is the first depressing point to me because I love John Favreau. Sure, I think he's a very talented director. A very talented. I mean, we made a whole episode whole about episode. how good of a director he uh-huh. is, how good of a producer he is, how good of a writer he is. Yeah, and yet he is primarily responsible for this show. So I don't understand, CJ. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> is it that he no, didn't we- care? Do you know what this show feels like? This show feels like it was written on the back of a napkin while doing other things. Like, I'm preoccupied with other projects, sure. but I still have to write this Star Wars show. So, ah. Uh, and then you just start writing scenes, like, just carelessly. Like, this could sort of, happen. Yeah, and, what this if, could and then maybe this happens. And yeah. I, I am of the belief that uh, John Favreau and, in general, the he believed that the purpose was and the purpose of The Mandalorian was to just get people back into the world. So it seemed that every episode, not really driven by plot and definitely across all eight episodes, there's not like, it's like keep keep baby Yoda alive. And that was it. That's the only kind of plot point that exists across all the episodes. But I think that the purpose of the episodes was purely to... We're going to show you another facet of the Star Wars universe. Check out this little village. It was so what, like so, rice it, so it was supposed people. to be an anthology of short stories. That would have been fine. Yeah. Guess what it yeah. was? Boring. <laughs> it was incredibly boring yeah. and really poorly written. Like the vignettes, because if you consider each episode as a vignette, like here's yeah. a, it's a vignette. It's a short story. Like a short story needs to be well constructed. As a short story, it can't just be a collection of stuff. Like, that's not what a short story is. A short story isn't a description of a place sure. and people saying things. It is a story. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It has real, like, dramatic weight in the middle of it. It can be totally resolved by the end. It can be totally disconnected from what comes before and after in terms of epi- the episodes. That's fine. But none of the episodes would I cl- would I classify as like good storytelling. I I think that, and you've said this on this podcast before, that uh, world building is not storytelling. Yes, and I think The Mandalorian probably falls into that. Yes, because it because to me it feels like I fell in love with the Star Wars universe a little bit more through The Mandalorian purely because it was presenting different facets of the world to me that I had not because it's like. You know, there there are the famous things, the lightsaber. People fall in love with the lightsaber. People fall in love with stormtroopers. People fall in love with the sure. uh, cantina. There's, like, these little elements of the movie. But by showing me more, showing me the whole Mandalorian thing, and it's like a religion, it was interesting to me. There was no story, but, but I got a window into it. And I think that that was... I think that that was the goal, whether it was the right goal or not, I think that was the goal of the eight episodes. 
Um, and to say uh, to everybody, Baby Yoda's cute. Buy our merchandise. I think that that <laughs> I think those two goals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Baby Yoda I, also is a bizarre. It's like a bizarre thing to me. It's like I get these. Are cute, we supposed like, to be? Yeah, he's cute. Sure. Yeah, great. To- he's also totally kind cute. Of creepy. All, well, no. I mean, so I have no problem with his presence on screen. My problem with him, story-wise, is what are we doing with that character? Are we like what are we insinuating here? Because this is after Yoda is dead, like Yoda is dead, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's chronologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So. In this story, it's like post. It's post Return of the Jedi. Yes. Pre Force Awakens. Yes. That's where this story is supposed to be happening. Yeah. Okay. So what is this thing? I is mean, it a reincarnation of Yoda? Is that not what? Is that not what? But Disney it says loves he's fifty do? years old. So he's like yeah. fifty year old baby. I'm like okay, the point of Yoda was not that he aged so slowly. That's why he was nine hundred years old, and that he was a baby for fifty years. The point <laughs> was he'd been alive for 900 years and so he knew some stuff yeah right so you don't need to show me a baby version of yoda and say this baby is actually 50 years old because that's stupid and doesn't make any sense True. and doesn't and doesn't matter and also you don't get to have him be a powerful force wielder as a baby <laughs> because that gets us into what anakin skywalker territory True. in the prequels and nobody wants to go back there what, is he full of midichlorians? Is he just made of midichlorians? Like, I'm not interested in that. That's the version of Star Wars that I, know, that, that I, that I never want to go back to. Yeah. So, like, there, there was a lot about this show, and that was, like, that was, the, that was the major bold choice that they made was introducing. I mean, no other choices that they made in the show were bold. They were all very, sure. you know, whatever. And so the fact that, like, they introduced this really important MacGuffin, but then that, that bold choice was... You know, also totally ineffective and, and, and sort of pointless for me. So I, I, I mean, I can't. Everything that you're saying is right. So it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to like rebuttal it. I enjoyed it because it gave me a glimpse of the world that I hadn't seen before. Also, Nick Nolte. Yeah. Well, Nick Nolte is has a fantastic voice. His dialogue was incredibly annoying, um, but I love his voice. That so character. Whatever. I enjoyed that character. He was fine. He, he was, was. He was. He was a delight. He was, uh, Notice I didn't say delightful. I made the conscious choice <laughs> to say a delight. Okay. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there was also a giant problem with tone. Um, like real, really, really big problem with tone. Um, and it, I, I would say probably the best example of it was um, in the episode where he – where the what, – what are those creatures called in the desert planet that go around disemb- dis- disassembling people's crap and stealing oh. it? Anyway, uh, yeah, those so he goes after these people. He goes after these creatures, kills a bunch of them. Like, straight up kills a bunch of sure. them. Sure, yeah. Uh, has this, like, very slapsticky encounter where he's, like, chasing the thing and climbing the thing and shooting and yeah. swinging and then getting pushed off. And all the while, there is incredibly dramatic, like, unironically dramatic music mm-hmm. happening the whole time mm-hmm. while we're watching slapstick about real death. Of creatures we don't know if we're supposed to care about. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. very, yeah. very weird choices. This is what I mean by back of the napkin plot, plotting and dialogue. Like, um, every time the Mandalorian speaks, 
it feels unnecessary. Mm. And it feels like the reason that they're having him speak, if there was a deliberate choice, which I suspect that there wasn't, like that this wasn't thought about much. But I think that, it, well, at least somebody thought, hey, it might be a problem that he's like behind a mask pretty much the whole time. Like for for like the whole show. Yeah. He's not going to, like one of the core tenets of his character is that he never takes off his mask. So we never get to see our main actor's face, which is a problem when it comes to uh, sympathy with yeah, the protagonist. trying to get people to connect. Yeah, so if you're going to try to get people to connect with a guy, maybe don't have him wear a mask the whole time. Uh, but they, they had to because they wrote themselves into that corner. It was like part of the whole thing. So what their, their solution for that wasn't to go back and watch a bunch of silent movies and make sure that like you understood how uh, acting works bodily, but rather... Uh, Give him a bunch of unnecessary dialogue. Make sure that, like, he says everything he's thinking so that you know. <laughs> it's just like there were so many opportunities, so many moments where if he had said nothing, it would have been an interesting it would have been scene. Fine. Oh, you know? Sure. Yeah. But instead, he said the exact thing he was thinking, and I, like, once again lost interest. Yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't think about it that much. Okay. Like, I didn't. <sighs> I did, I was just in the world. It was it was it, it transported me there. That's nice. And I That's and, nice and I and I wanted to and I wanted if to I want see to go to the Star Wars on. world. I'll go watch good Star Wars movies. Sure. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> there's plenty. I, I I and I understand that. But uh, there there's there is actually quite a lot of good Star Wars movies. I was like, yeah, you there's like, at go least back and five, there's six. At least, there's at least six. six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's six, uh, but I, but I, the this this show, The Mandalorian, for me was not. Uh, it was almost it was almost like it was almost like a picture book and not a novel. I don't expect a picture book to do. That's actually things. CJ. That's actually a great comparison. I have several Star Wars picture book picture books for my baby son that are better plotted than The Mandalorian. <laughs> The 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 plot. There's no question. Like by the fourth episode, I was exhausted. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, because my wife loved it. Because she lo- It's 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 purely a world thing with her. She loved the movie Box Trolls, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was like she just wants to be in that world. Sure, Alita Battle Angel. She just wants to be in the world. So she wanted to watch Mandalorian just on f- Friday every week. Go go. And I realized by the fourth episode, I was like, whew, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to watch it because I don't know what's going on, nor do I care. Yeah. Um, after the second episode. That, like, you thought that way? No. Second episode the, was not great. After the first episode, I was like, oh, that wasn't good. I really hope that it gets better. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode was underlined not yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And the then, second episode was And bad. after after the second episode, it actually took quite some time to return to the show. And and every time I returned to the show, it felt like a huge chore. I was like, I'm only it watching kind of this because yeah. I have to watch it because I have to talk about it with other people. Yeah. And it was very <laughs> I have to be socially relevant. It was very, very hard I, for me I to watch am, the show. I am interested to see where it goes to see if they pick up because it, it was it was pretty it was uh, the production quality was great. Give it some plot, and I feel like it's a different move. It's a totally different show. Yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's talk about another show. Okay, one of my favorite shows of all time might be my number one 
favorite show ever. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, Do you know what it is? Guys, do you know? (laughs) Have we put it in the title? I don't know. We haven't titled this episode yet. It's also, like, there's a couple shows in there. Are we going to talk about Stranger Things, or are we going to talk about BoJack Horseman? (laughs) We're going to talk about BoJack Horseman. We are going to talk about BoJack Horseman. We need to cleanse the palate. (laughs) So here we are, talking about BoJack Horseman. Uh, might be CJ's favorite show of all time. It, one of mine. I, I, I am. This is a, a really, really fantastic show. Um, I, so I don't know where to begin though, because I, there's five. What five seasons? Six seasons? Six seven, seasons? Seven, six, five, six. But the sixth one was split into two. Oh, so, so okay. So, yeah, seven. Seven. Um, so there's like six or seven seasons of the show. It's not like a long. They're not long seasons. They're Netflix seasons. So they're like yeah. what twelve episodes? Something like that. But it's a lot of content. It is. It's also so okay. So it's I got to hit or miss in the beginning. I got to yeah. I got to give some some context for this show. Um, so I was uh, new to LA and I was working uh, at a job that I was having a really hard time at, uh, and I was just not confident and I was scared and it was it was always I was going to film school and there was this overall feeling, overwhelming feeling of. If I can just get out of school, then, like, I can get the job and I'll be happy and, like, it'll be good. Um, And I just was having – I was just having the hardest time day to day. I just did not like my job. There were times that, like – and, like, my my wife was working from home and was – it was like difficult for her to to enjoy L.A. And we just were – we hadn't gotten our feet down yet and all that. So somebody recommends this show to me. Uh, and I go and I watch the first episode, and I'm like, I this animation is off-putting. <laughs> it's like I don't like this, um, but it had some names in it that I really liked: yeah. Will Arnett and um, Oh man, Breaking Bad. Oh, Jesse. Aaron Paul. Yeah, uh, Aaron Paul. Yeah, uh, Aaron Paul. The both of which were e- executive producers on this show. Yep. And so I was Allison like, Breeze in as well. Uh, Allison Bree, fantastic. Which throwback to Community. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I gave it some time, and by, like, the fourth episode, I was hooked, and I binged. I think there were four seasons at that time, and I binged all four seasons in no time. Now, I I don't say this show changed my life very lightly, but it did, and this is the reason. The overall, the, the one of the most significant messages that you get from Bojack Horseman, especially, like, the first two seasons is uh, the first, the major arc of the first season is that uh, Bojack Horseman is trying to write a book. And he's trying to, and so he gets a ghostwriter and it's like, once I come out with my book, then dot, dot, dot. Then he comes out with his book um, and the goal is once I come out with my book, then I'll be, people will like me again and I'll be happy. And then he comes out with his book and he's still miserable, but he gets a job in a movie, and then he's up for an Oscar. And the second season is like, oh, if I could just get that Oscar, if I can win that Oscar, then I'll be happy. Yep. And uh, then you come out on the other side of that, and he's still not happy. And every single time, BoJack Horseman is trying to f- is trying to accomplish A. If I could just get there, if I can get on the other side of that fence... Then I'll finally be happy. And every time that he gets on the other side of that fence, he's the same person. And he's not a happy person. And so he's miserable even still. And yes, the show is super depressing at times (laughs) because of that fact. But it taught me probably the most significant life lesson in like 
to, to learn something in the stage of life that I was in, it was life-changing because I realized in that moment, it's not going to be once I'm done, once I'm out of film school, then I'll be happy. Once I get that job, then I'll be happy. Once I, it's not, it's, that's not how it works. Yeah. I need to look at myself and change myself and then, and find the happiness of where I am on this side of the fence before I can go to the other side and see what else is different. It's not, it, life isn't like that. It doesn't work that way. So I took that and it absolutely changed my mentality. I started to like find happiness. I like learned, uh, I started to work out. I learned how to like self care, all of that stuff. Uh, so I, again, Bojack is one of my favorite shows because it helps me find happiness and <laughs> that is what content should do. <laughs> Amen, brother. Um, I love that. I love that all throughout that show, Bojack is an intelligent like person or horse, uh, man, <laughs> uh, horse man. Um, <laughs> he is an intelligent character. And so he is very good at articulating why this thing that he's going after will make him happy. Like it's very convincing. Very convincing. And so you think like, yeah, yeah like totally. once, once this happens, like, yeah, that'll solve the problems. Yeah. Like you very well articulated the problems <laughs> and how this thing will solve those problems. Yeah. And like that is, and that is the thing that we're all experts at. Totally. Like we're so good. Oh man. One of like, like picking that goal and being like, this is this why is, this, is this why. will make me happy. One of the things you, you do it with writing. I oh. do it with working out. I'm like, I'm like, I don't have the time right now. So like once I get this better job, I'll have more free time, then and, then I'll, time be, and then I'll have time then I'll to exercise, happy. and then I'll be proud about how much I work out. It's never happened. It does <laughs> not work that way. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and that that is the the journey of this show. So my the, my my history with the show is interesting because I started it um, way back like in season one. I started it, and I was like, this isn't for me. It's kind of like, yeah, the animation is a little off-putting. The humor didn't really get me. I was like, uh, it's not grabbing me. I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a lot of easy jokes here. Like, ooh, animals as people, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of puns. I was just like, this yeah. is not funny. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I don't get why people are into this show. Whatever. And then I, I kind of like stepped a, stepped aside. I just like, you know, let the show go on without me. But then, like, after a couple of seasons, people started calling it amazing and great. And I was like, you guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you are, like, there is not, like, I watched that show. It's not great. Like, you can, you can, you know, enjoy your garbage TV. <laughs> you can let Will Arnett fool you into, you know, with his amazing voice into thinking the writing is good. I was just, like, very, very cynical. And um, I, uh, so, but after like the second or third season when like just everybody and like people I really respected were like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Bojack's amazing. And I was like, <sighs> fine. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I went back and I started watching it a little more. I still had a hard time with it, but then something magical happened. My son was born. And the magical thing about having a baby is that you have a lot of time to watch TV. <laughs> like being up in the middle of the night, feeding a, feeding a newborn, uh, gives you just a, an immense amount of TV watching time. So I, I, I plowed through several seasons of Bojack while, uh, feeding my child and like taking care of my child, um, in his first few weeks of life. So, uh, and that is, that is the time that I 
that I got to be a convert. I was like, oh, this show is great. Yeah. And then I and then I, I sort of finished it in stages. I would go like you know I'd go through BoJack phases or I would watch like a bunch of episodes over a course of a few days. And then this latest season, it took me a while to finally get around to it. But I like I was almost like saving it. I was like, I know I'm gonna love it. Yeah. yeah. I did. And then I finally watched it, and I watched it. I didn't binge it because I didn't want to. I wanted to wanted to really you know. Yeah. But I, it didn't take me long. Um, and I. I, I think it is it's this show is amazing to me because it starts off as I think a kind of like like a little bit of a rocky start and then the middle the whole sort of mid section is really inventive and often very funny yeah. and like very dark and kind of depressing but like it's doing so many interesting things but the end of this show yeah that whole last season and the last couple of seasons but in particular the last season is like is is like soul shattering it is so so good and and i don't know i can't actually think of another adjective soul shattering feels right because it was not like a transcendent experience it wasn't depressing it was something else like the and i want to talk about uh and i want to get your thoughts particularly about the penultimate episode so the second to last episode which i think is one of the most stark and difficult and important and captivating episodes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, and I want to know if you feel the same way. <laughs> no, I absolutely feel the same way. There's always – it seemed that every season uh, there was one episode that stood just way above the other ones. Yeah. Right? There was the, the episode uh, where he goes underwater and he goes to like the fish thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's almost no dialogue. Yeah. Um, it's a really then, cool, really then, cool episode. And then there was the the episode where he's at a funeral. He's giving a, a eulogy at a funeral. Oh, yeah. And just the whole thing is just entirely him, just one monologue. Yeah. So there's always like that one. The penultimate episode um, that we – I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it ha- gives it, me chills just to think about it. It has, it has to do with, uh, with passing on. And uh, specifically, like, dealing with the demons that you have a- as you're considering a s- suicide or as, you know, you're kind of on your way out. Uh, and it is, it is, frankly, it's terrifying. It is. It it's, is. It, it is. is yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to, how to articulate it with. Uh, with with the feelings that I had, and it was like I w- I walked away from it not feeling good, but it wasn't that I was feeling bad. No. It wasn't that I was feeling like even no, it dark. Just, it, it, just, it just it stops you in your tracks. Yeah, like it sort of it stops it sort of stops time for you. Yeah, yeah. you like you can't just keep going about your day after watching that episode. Yeah, like you can't just keep like blithely doing the next thing. You have to like. You have to sort of absorb that, and like, and and it and it you know works on you, yeah. And you can't like. It's like it's yeah. like if you've ever if you've ever read this has only happened maybe twice in my life, where you read a poem that just strikes your soul, and you just have to stop, and like think about it. Yeah, that's what this episode, this very very basic animation, <laughs> kind of a. Adult cartoon episode did. Yeah, uh, and I will say, is, as far as animation goes, it's one of the more sophisticated episodes of of oh, of, definitely. That I, oh, of, definitely. of any animated show I've seen. Just in the way 
the 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 scene composition, the way that like things are structured, the way that the way that like these very surreal elements are incorporated into yeah. the scenes. It's 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 surprisingly stunning. well stunning. well stunning like, mapped out. Like yeah. you're not you're never you're only like disoriented when you're supposed to be. Anyway, yeah. 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 I want to recommend Bojack Horseman uh, very, very highly yeah. because but we're not going to do another episode about it. Well, yeah. But uh, you should watch it. <laughs> but but you should watch it because yeah. it's uh, it's it's one of those shows. And then there was uh, there was a YouTube video that came out of the cast and crew saying thank you at the end when it when it ended and saying thank you. This is what Bojack means to me. I'd recommend watching it because it's it like. It, what the show does for its audience is what it did for its actors, oh, yeah. which is really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, I think the the last thing that I want to mention about BoJack is is the character himself, who I think I've never I've never really seen. I've ne- I know I, I I definitely have never seen a character uh, a character study like that before in a show. And um, one of the central theses that the show is making. Um, through the sort of voice of its protagonist, Bojack is obsessed from start to finish. Well, I won't say finish. From the beginning of the show through the whole run of the show, he is obsessed with feeling like or proving to himself or other people that he's, like, a good person. Yeah. That he's okay. Mm-hmm. And, um... I mean, that's... that. The and end is, of the first season is, like... He's he's desperately trying to get somebody to tell him he's a good person. Yes, yes, and then and then that that theme continues yeah. and it builds and it complexifies. Is that a word? Sure, it is. Um, that he by and so the 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 point that this show ends up making is that that's the wrong question. It's the mm. wrong question. Yeah. Um, because uh, because if it is the question, then the answer probably for most people. Is no. Yeah. Oh man. Totally. And that's the and oh my gosh. And that and it, and that that it, it's 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 an uncompromising argument. Like there's nothing about it that lets you off the hook. Yeah. By the end of the show, you you haven't you you don't get anything mm-hmm. for free. it doesn't give you anything for free. It says no. Everything that you're trying to do is and it's wrong. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's and everybody each character approaches it in a different way. Yeah. You have like Bojack who I just need admiration that proves that I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Princess Caroline who is if I work hard enough mm-hmm. then my life's worth living. Mm-hmm. Mr. Peanut Butter, if I tell myself I'm a good person then I am a good person. And and it and yeah. it just goes down the line uh, and it's one of the reasons I think it's such an effective show is that you have uh, a character that represents like for you can you can connect to each of them but then really like as you watch it you'll be like oh my gosh that is and it's and it shows different facets of like kind of different one, kinds of people and there's one foil for that whole for, for that for that I would say deep human character flaw and the foil is Todd right totally because he never asks that question yeah never like he has his own baggage and his own stuff that he's dealing with but at no point is he wondering if he's like worth like worthy. Yeah. Like he's like he's just he's just being and he, throughout the whole show. And he is the most worthy. Because yeah. he's not yeah. asking that exactly. question. Yeah. He's, he is, like he is the best person. He is the most virtuous character. Yeah. Totally. Almost by virtue of not yeah. asking the question of am I a good person? Yeah. And or needing to be a good person. Yeah. Like needing that. Like that sort of that 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 validation or that whatever. And it and it the the, the thing is that's wonderful the, the the about about the way this show that treats that topic and that question is that um, most most people stop with 
with uh, getting from external to internal, right? Like you don't need other people to tell you you're okay. You just need to know it on your own, in your own heart, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And like you just, but that's actually not good enough. And what what the, what Bojack ends up proving by the end of the show is that you, even if you get that validation from yourself, it's not going to be good enough, and you ultimately are still asking the wrong question. Yeah. So it's really it, it's 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 it, it, incredibly profound by the end, um, and not something I could say I could possibly see coming, even by the end of the first season. I think yeah. I didn't like. To, I, I couldn't t- have imagined t- 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 how t- how far I went. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and it was for for me the characters like you learn a lot about yourself because they're such human stories. Yeah, uh, you learn a lot about yourself when you see that those characters interact, and and because it it is a long show, right? Six yeah. seasons is a lot of content, uh, and the things that they deal with. Uh, yes, there's some like ridiculous stuff, yeah. right? And and they make fun of like the news is just oh yeah is just a joke. But they deal with real life things, yeah. and so you can see yourself like the way Mr. Peanut Butter interacts with the world around him, and and the audience can very obviously see the flaws in that. It was like a mirror, and I was now look at myself, and I'm like, holy crap, is that how people see me? <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's just it's sobering. It is. Um, I, I, one, I guess one last sort of aside, just because I to, – to, to mention the, the way the humor in this show becomes increasingly sophisticated by, by the, uh, self-referencing in, in, in increasingly sophisticated ways. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm reminded of one point in particular, and this isn't too much of a spoiler, so I just want to say it. Basically that uh, Todd – you know, in the fr- I think it's in the first season he winds up in prison, and this is yeah. this is one of the this is one of the things that actually kept me watching. Is like, oh, this is this is actually really funny. And so he toss in in prison, and that is it's a long running like a multi episode gag that like builds on itself. And throughout it, like Bojack is sort of ignoring Todd, like, and every time Todd gets an opportunity to make a phone call or whatever, he calls Bojack, and Bojack like basically basically hangs up on him because he's just not, he just he's not thinking about any he's never thinking about anybody but himself. And so there's this. <laughs> There's this like building gag across several episodes that gets increasingly bizarre and increasingly funny <laughs> yeah. around Todd being in prison. And then um, and then all the way at the last season, they're listing out all of the awful things Bojack Horseman has done. <laughs> and at one point, it's not even it's not even called out to your attention. You have to be like looking for it. Yeah. But at one point, Todd is writing in big red letters, left me in prison. <laughs> And it's amazing because it's really funny. It's really funny to see that. It's funny to remember it. And it's also really sobering, like you were saying, to realize like, oh, that that is actually a sociopathic thing that he did. Totally. Like, and he doesn't so, – so by the end of the – by the end of the, the long-running se- season, the series, you uh, – this, this goes back to the, the, the show not compromising anything. He doesn't get away with anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get away with anything. And mm-hmm. so by the end, all of the funny, terrible things – Sort of all come like all those chickens come home to roost. Yeah, like and and, and Todd like writing that in big red letters <laughs> in the background. Yeah, it's just like this sort of like this self awareness, this extreme self awareness. Like you have figured, like you know, you, the show knows itself totally, like completely. Totally. Yeah, uh, I have so much more to say about BoJack, but let's yeah. move on. We'll move on. We'll move okay. on. Okay, so Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Okay, you're gonna make so many people mad. Right now. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I love Stranger Things. Okay? <laughs> That's fine. And I am actually perfectly aware that uh, that I if if it was not as big of a deal as it is like in in such just a, a had such a cultural impact I would let it fly right by never would watch it but I saw bandwagon and I was like I should probably be on that and I jumped on <laughs> that looks like a fun ride and I'm having a great time yeah so I fully fully acknowledge that it is not a primo tier level change my life kind of show but it's so much fun i think that the first season is so much fun and so good and so not like yeah not not necessarily top shelf quality tv yeah but like good like good super inventive super fun like i yeah i'm all about it like great uh and then for me it just goes rapidly downhill um, is is thir- is the third season worse than the second for you? <sighs> That's such a good question. I don't know. Okay. Like I don't have because I only watched each season once. I watched the first season, and then I watched the second season when it came out, and then I watched reluctantly and, and it, the yeah. third season. So you're when watching it came this out. to be co- to be socially relevant. The, so the second season I was really excited for because everyone was really excited yeah. for because the first season was great. Yeah. It was great in the way that only Stranger Things is great. It was a very specific brand of greatness. Totally. It captured the 80s nostalgia that everyone was – I mean, the bandwagon was 80s nostalgia. Like yeah. lots of people are hopping on that bandwagon. Sure. But Stranger Things did better with that than like lots of other, uh, lots of other shows and movies. So it really got the 80s thing right. Um, and then it also there were so many like really great sort of just so many great qualities about the show. It just it just did it did so much right. Um, and it was a really effective like beginning middle end story like with really satisfying payoffs at the end. So season two, I think a lot of people, including myself, were a little nervous. Like, where do you actually like? What are you really gonna do though? Sure, you know, yeah, yeah. like are you gonna wind up kind of doing the same thing over again? Yeah, and then, I was worried about it. And then what they did was they kind of did the same thing over again. Sure, all, all the way up until all the way up and uh, up to L, like destroying the monster with her mind again. Yeah, it's just, it just was bigger. <laughs> yeah, it was just bigger. And it was so that was season two, uh, and season two the, the the worst part about season two the worst part and I have to talk about this was episode seven. Episode 7. The X-Men episode. The X-Men episode. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Which was incredibly disappointing because uh, it was directed, um, very well directed, I would say, because it was a well-directed episode um, by uh, my friend. I say friend sort of loosely. We haven't talked in some time. We went to school together. We've talked a couple times since. Becca Thomas. She's great. She's a really talented person. Um, uh, If you want to see a really awesome sort of, startlingly good first mo- first directorial effort uh, Sundance movie. Electric Children is her first movie, and it is, like, way too good to be a first movie. Mm. It's, like, it's really, really good. Anyway, so she's a really good writer, really good director. Um, she did not write, but she did direct the, the seventh episode, which is a great win for her as a, you know, up-and-coming up sure. director to get on Stranger Things. Like, that's really awesome. But, like, what a garbage episode. Like, it was this abortive attempt to expand the world with the most boringly cliched caricatures the series ever delivered Mm -hmm. in any of its episodes. And it was just like, it felt like this, wouldn't it be cool if like we expanded the world and then, you know, 
I don't know when they decided that it was a bad idea and that all of their ideas in that idea were also bad, but they they, they never they, went back. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they, like it was yeah. just this one-off I mean, nothing. It, I think I think most most people would agree that it's uh, like that. Everybody hated that episode. Take out take out that episode and make and, and make a series. It's entirely its own. And maybe I'd be interested, and maybe it's called Marvel's Runaways. Yeah, like it's. it's <laughs> I, it, it, I I have seen yeah. um I've seen the entirety of uh, Stranger Things multiple times. I skip that one every time. Well, yeah, you you should. Google uh, is it's it's also totally unnecessary. Um, but uh, but you know, outside of that episode, season two to me really was mostly just a slightly less inventive, slightly less imaginative rehashing of season one. And then season three had season three was more interesting. Okay, I was I was gonna say it was for me. It, it was it, more season interesting, one's up top, season three, but second. it wasn't better written. Okay, and that's the thing. Like the characters, the dialogue still were just not very good, and so I felt most of the time. And actually, I think in some ways they got a little worse. Like the characters all felt more caricature than they had in previous seasons. Uh, is, is there is this a blanket statement for all characters? Most of them. Because I, I can see I that definitely with Hopper. I think they're, yes. In, Hopper in, was the worst offender. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. In, oh my gosh. In season three. I, I found, I actually, full, full disclosure, I did not watch the first episode all the way through. I fast forwarded through scenes because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand <laughs> to watch it. I was like, this is so terrible. And nothing about this Suggests to me that they know. I remember that us talking about how clichéd like what they're doing is. I, it was very, very hard for me to go back and watch the second episode because I was like, I hated the first episode. I couldn't even watch it. I just fast forwarded to find out what happened at the end because I, which I have never done ever with any show, ever. <laughs> yeah. But like, I felt like I had to see what was happening, so I just started fast forwarding. What, what? But what about uh, what about Steve? And Dustin and uh, Steve and Dustin were 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 nice. They were okay. Robin. Um, Robin uh, was was that the Maya Hawk character? Uh, uh, yeah. New, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. She was the breath of fresh air in season three. Sure. I thought she was great. I thought her character was was relatively interesting, and she uh, the 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 actress did a fantastic job at getting at getting like a a, a really nice character on the screen and i i, I is that, very much enjoyed that is is that last name attached to Ethan yes. Hawke? Yeah. She that is the she is the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Oh my gosh, that makes <laughs> so much sense. Yeah. I didn't realize Which is that. a little depressing <laughs> if you're if you're someone who hopes that like, you know, some no name can like up and comer can get a role like that, sure. but no, you have to be the I mean, daughter of Ethan Hawke and Ethan Uma Hawk Thurman. Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Yeah, uh, she's going to be she's going to be just fine. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, I, but I think I think she did a great job. I really so, liked. I really liked her. So I respect all those opinions, and I understand. Uh, I understand them. Season one, because of the '80s nostalgia, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two definitely, definitely had its issues. Though I did love Bob. Uh, and then, well, I mean, and and I mean, I mean, yeah. Also, I watched Lord of the Rings: Two Towers today, and man, I just love him. Well, he's great. He's great. He's great. Samwise. Samwise. Oh, uh, and he gives, Formerly he gives this like whole speech also, about he's, how good he's, he's, he's done this. Okay. He's done this twice, right? <laughs> he was for a long time. He was Rudy. Like every totally. time you see him, you're like, yeah. oh, 
I Rudy. love you, Rudy. You're the best. Oh, you're the best. And then Lord of the Rings comes out. And it's like, it's oh, Sam. Wise. Oh, my Sam. Oh, Sam. And like, now it's Bob? No. Oh. It's not, unfortunately. Oh, it, it, it's it kind of is it's for me. still Sam. I watched <laughs> Sam, and I was like, oh, man, he's going to grow up and be Bob. And I was excited about yeah, that. Yeah, and then they killed him. Uh, just spoilers. Brutalized. Just Brutally destroyed. murdered him. I did spoil that for somebody oh. completely on accident. It was. I felt so bad. I don't do that. Mm. I don't do that. Well, you do the, on this show. You do. I no. You just did. Uh, okay. So and then, so season two. I realized it has its issues. Season three. I really, really enjoyed. I enjoyed the uh, the whole the the mall and then the thing underground the mall yeah, and like in yeah. that no, no, no. I, It was great. I loved um, yep. um, the 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 Russian like bringing in Russians with like eighties right. They're, like the bad guys are the Russians. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I did not like Hopper and like the Hopper and, um, Hopper turned into an incredibly unlikable character. He did. Like incredibly unlike him and Joyce, like, and they're like, they're like not romantic, romantic relationship. I just, anytime they were on screen, I was like, no, 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 I don't. And I loved Hopper, loved Hopper. Um, I loved, I think I liked Hopper in the, in the second season because he had this whole, angry like this dad i don't know what to do but because there was a dad element i liked him a little more yeah they take that away and and it just i just i didn't like him i didn't like him he was a terrible character uh but overall i think stranger things is uh like i I will show i'll show my kids stranger things well like it's it's uh it's fun so the two things that i loved about season three were the were maya hawk and the creature, the creature effects. The creature mm. effects were really cool. This like blob thing. Yeah. I just loved it. Like, loved it. Inspiring, actually. It inspired me. Uh, it's I, I have loosely based uh, a monster that I'm writing into one of my scripts right now, or the only script I've been working on for the past while. Um, I, I'm like lo- I'm like loosely inspired by that ah. blobular monster thing. It is uh, to yeah. create because it, it was really effective, like really really totally. cool thing. I'm, I was yeah very into that. I'm like. Uh, I feel like that's the that was the pitch for season three, <laughs> like that monster was yeah. like that's yeah. like that's like the reason they made it. The but S- the Stephen Dustin relationship, I think, would be a solid. It was pitch. it was good. It was good. It was good. It was and like fine. Steve, Steve's arc throughout the yeah, whole thing, gra- you don't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Just, it's I, just I think Steve Steve finished his arc in season one. You know. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, know I, you can make that argument. Yeah. Yeah. So, but whatever. I still like spending time with him. Nah, he's, yeah, he's. Have fine. you seen that hair? <laughs> Hair's great. Hair's great. Hair's great. Can't complain about the hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so it ends with a fizzle. <laughs> That's Stranger Things, everyone. All right. <laughs> the Big Sick. Um, I actually. So this one, I'm a little bit nervous to talk about because I haven't seen it since it came out, mm. um, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but it's been a, it's been a while, so I can talk about things that I loved about it. Uh, I can talk about a couple things that uh, that maybe I don't know if I I don't know if I loved about it. But yeah, I don't know. I what, uh, what are your thoughts? So uh, I saw the Big Sick uh, well after it came out. Uh, it so was this is an Amazon. Couple, this is an Amazon original. Yeah, and it was uh, it, it was nominated for best writing. Uh, and it was written by Kumail Nanjiani and his real-life wife. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I, I should have looked up her name beforehand. Uh, but it is a it is a story. It is the story of them. 
um, and kind of how they met. And uh, it's played by Kumail Nanjiani and then his wife. Emily V. Gordon. Uh, yes, Emily. That's right. And then his wife is played by Zoe Kaz- uh, Kazan. Mm-hmm. Ka- Kazan? Kazan? Um, Kazan! And Kazan! And, Kazan! <laughs> uh, and uh, I – so when I watch this movie – uh, the thing that struck me, one was the humor. This, mm-hmm. this like, uh, very, <laughs> like if a, like if a, if a pessimistic, a pessimistic person wrote a comedy, I feel like it'd come out as the big sick. Like it's just yeah. like it's really downtrodden, but like you laugh at it the whole step of the way. And then, so I, it was the, it was the comedy, and then it was the fact that this movie that is written by a dude from Pakistan starring a guy from Pakistan and is and like the whole center of it is like his relationship and him falling for a white girl and it's supposed and that's not okay and the the friction between him and his family because of that and I was and I remember watching it being like I'm not sure even five ten years ago this movie would have been made mm. uh, and I'm glad that it was because it doesn't matter I'm not Pakistani but like it because it's a well written human actual real story it's going to be relatable and it's going to be good and I felt it and I I loved it yeah. love this movie. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it as well. I think um, I watched it with my wife, who uh, I think she she's a little bit turned off by cynical humor, mm. um, and so I think it was it was cynical. A, that's the word I was looking for. It was a bit challenging for her to invest in their relationship um, early on because they were both sort of cynical and totally. like sort of mean spirited almost, um, and a lot of their interactions, they're like a lot of the the sort of the quote unquote charm of their interactions was based on. That's that cynicism and that kind of like that meanness. And so she struggled with that a lot. Um, and I, because I was watching it with her, I struggled with it. I mm. don't know if I would have struggled with it if I wasn't watching it with her. Mm. Um, but I did enjoy it. I thought I thought it was I thought it was very funny. I, very, very funny. And, um, and ultimately, the, the case for this movie is that is that it's uh, it's actual character driven plot is pretty amazing like the way that the way that things progress and the way that it surprises you her getting sick her uh you know being in a coma her recovering her refusing to get back together with him because of lots of other things like all that stuff hit really hard and it was very um it it was it was sort of bleakly honest about how things actually work Mm. and uh you know the things that are supposed to work in the romantic movie, like don't work. And it's it's hard to watch. But all of that difficulty winds up earning like an incredibly sweet and beautiful and yeah. and, and earned and and like um it's uh very genuine ending. Mm. Like the way that they wind up at the end, you feel like, oh, this feels so right. Yeah. And like and 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 like worth it yeah like, we really worth we it really to, yeah, got worth there it. yeah yeah uh and i think it's all kind of encapsul- encapsulated also in a flat kind of a flash forward version with ray romano and holly hunter oh yeah who ray romano i don't know if i have liked him more <laughs> he's so he wonderful. was so good in uh this. go watch get shorty, get shorty. <laughs> that's right <laughs> no but uh, i think i think back. i liked him i think i liked him more i think i liked him the most in this as well i mean ray ray romano yeah there's a lot of he yeah 
recently he's been doing some fantastic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, with, with this movie and, uh, kind of the, the relationship, it's, it's difficult to decide to enter the romantic. Like I was doing, I was coming up with content recommendations today and I went on to Netflix and I went to the genres in movies and I went to romance and, uh, there are so many, bad romantic movies. <laughs> uh, like, I, I mean, you, like there's really bad horror movies. There's bad comedy movies, but like romance might be where there are the most bad movies in one genre. Uh, and I was trying and I was trying to like, think about why that was the case. I was actually going to recommend, uh, uh, three good romantic genre movies on Netflix. You couldn't even get to three. Couldn't get to three. So romantic <laughs> turned to feel good. And then I plugged some other ones in there. Uh, and, 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 and so I was trying to think about, okay, why is it so difficult to make like a, a good relationship movie? And I think it's because when you go to make a romance movie, you don't, you don't want to, it's romance, it's feel good, you're supposed to like it. You don't want to uh, come up against really any, you don't want to make any decisions that your audience is going to not like. So that's why all of, like in romance, it's like, oh, I found out you lied to me one time. We're done, it's over. <laughs> and then the guy chases down the taxi cab and is, apologizes and then you're good. Mm -hmm. This was one of the first movies uh, that like really dove into the messiness and the complexity of like, of what a relationship is. Cause like both people just suck at times and then both people are super awesome at times and it's not all the time and it's not within a week of getting to know each other yeah. and it's like it's just it's so much more complicated than that uh and this this it, the big six seemed to kind of dive into that a little bit more which like you said makes the end much more earned yeah there um <laughs> i was gonna make a joke when you said you know <laughs> Why is it so hard to make, you know, good romantic movies? And I was like, well, it's because Nora Ephron died. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I've been thinking about, like, a, as you were talking, I, I was also thinking about um, uh, we, what you were describing. I was trying to apply it then to Nora Ephron movies. And I was thinking about her her movies like Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle, while, uh, uh, um, sorry, When Harry Met Sally. Um, not When Harry Met Sally. Was that Nora Ephron? I'm You've what got is, mail. What is wrong with me? You've got mail. Yes, thank you. Um, anyway, there's a bunch of them. She's really amazing. A lot of them starred Tom Cruise and Megan Ryan. Uh, Tom Hanks and Megan Ryan. What is the matter with me? Uh, I should not just sure. slow down and get it right. <laughs> okay. So. Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron. Made Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. Uh -huh. Both of which star Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Thank Go. you. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Um, anyway. Um, I'm realizing that the central conceit of a lot of her movies are um, waiting, wait, like tr keeping the characters from having all the information they need. Mm. Because when they finally get all the information they need, it's perfect. Like, and I love Nora Ephron. I think she was the greatest romantic comedy like filmmaker of all time. She's amazing. Um, but she she doesn't even really challenge the audience to be in a real relationship. Like she doesn't, that's not, that's not what she's trying to do. And she doesn't do it. Um, and I was even thinking, what are my favorite, one of my favorite romantic movies of all time? Serendipity. Same thing. It's about two people who are perfect for each other yeah, who can't yeah. quite connect because they don't know where they each other are or whatever. 
Um, it's great. It's fantastic. When Harry Met Sally is Nora Ephron. Oh, I, 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 I thought it was. I thought it was. Yeah. I was just not sure. Anyway, so a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, these romantic comedies. You're right. Like they, they, they don't want to challenge the audience to have to live in a real relationship, like warts and all. Because that's not why, right? That's not why a lot of people go see movies. There's like, I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to watch a movie and deal. With the things, with that, the I things that I'm already deal dealing with in my it's own like, life, yeah. I, I want it to be a fantasy, which is world. unfortunate because um, because those kinds of movies are probably the most valuable for us as human beings. Because all like very few of us are going to save the world from aliens. Like, sure. <laughs> very few of us are going Will to Smith be might, in a bu- if anyone's going like, to. Yes. Very few <laughs> of us are going to like bust up a drug cartel and like as yeah. a buddy cop. Yeah. But. All of us are in relationships. Yeah. And so if you have a good, if you have a good, a solid romantic movie about a solid romantic relationship that is hard and that the characters have to figure out and then learn how to be better people in order to make it work, that's a really good thing to do in a it's movie. It's a fantastic thing to do. I mean, it's the reason that, it, it's the reason that a lot of my recommendations to people, especially like family members and stuff, and they reach out to me and they're like, hey, I, what should I watch? Uh, I get scared to recommend the movies that do that. I get scared to recommend BoJack Horseman for that reason, because mm. people are like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to deal. I just want to, I just want to escape. And there is value to that, no question. Uh, but but uh, if that's the only reason that you be. watch movies, be. then you should not watch very many movies. You, yeah, you, you need, should. You need to yeah. moderate your movie. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I love about not doing that. I love that no matter what, if I am an active, like, viewer, if I am coming to the table, to the screen, as the case may be, with, a, like, with a lot of attention and intention, like, intention and attention, um, and trying to understand and unpack and receive and, you know, like, filter and whatever yeah. what I'm seeing, um, then I can watch as much as I want. Because it's good work. Mm-hmm. It's helping me. It's like I'm totally. like, I never feel bad. I never feel bad after watching something good because I'm like, well, I was there for it. I was like, it, it, it makes me better. Yeah. But if I was just escapist about it and I was just like, I just want to get away. I just want to turn my brain off. I just want to whatever. Then like I would have to be really careful about not watching too much TV. Totally. And not watching and, too many movies. Yeah. And I do, again, I want to emphasize that there is a place for that sure, escape. Sure. It's, right? it's not always wrong yeah, to do that. Yeah, definitely but not. But if that's the only thing you do with movies and TV, then you better the, not watch too the, much movies The value TV. drops yes, pretty dramatically. Yeah, yeah, tremendously. So, yeah. Uh, the same yeah. reason I try not to play too many video games because I'm not same an video. active yeah. participant in video gaming. Yeah. I'm passive. Yeah. And uh, I think The Big Six is a great example of, of that kind of movie. The yeah. kind of movie that I walk away from feeling like I know a little bit more about myself and uh, that I can handle situa- relationship situations a little bit better because I've learned something. Yeah. I, I've picked up something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of inceptioned an idea in my head. We kind of sometimes I feel like when we talk about the right the quote unquote right way to approach movies or like the healthier way to approach movies. Um, I I think sometimes it may come off as like an eat your vegetables kind of thing. Like it's hard work and you have to you know it's like not as fun. But I feel like it doesn't actually require that much. It's more of it's more if just like what is your intention? Like if you just go to a movie willing to pay attention and to be open and to ask questions like inwardly just to ask questions as you're watching like i wonder what about this if you're just willing to do that that's it that's all it requires yeah this is not like a hard thing to do yeah in fact i would say for the most part that sort of passive like i just want to be entertained thing 
it just it doesn't ha- like I don't feel that way most of the time. I mean, sometimes I sometimes sure. I do. I'm not saying it never happens, but like you know, I think the most common thing right is if like you're exhausted and you're hanging out with a couple of people and you want to you literally want to eat popcorn that you made yeah. and watch something, yeah. you know, then you go watch a Michael Bay movie. Sure. That's fine. But that is like not a very common experience. Like that's no. a lot of the time we're just playing games or I'm whatever. Like the, the when to watch something is not, it's not hard. It's not hard to just like be willing to pay attention and ask questions. That's all. Yeah. And there, there are times I know what people mean when they talk, when it is kind of that eat, eat your vegetables where it's, you're watching something and you're exhausted by mm-hmm. the end of it. And a lot of people will want to go to a movie, watch a movie and feel rejuvenated yeah. after you're done watching but it. But a lot of movies, but here's, but my, I'm sorry, I, I should let you finish, but I'm not going to, just because okay. I have to, <laughs> I have to respond to this thing because like, because feeling exhausted after a movie isn't isn't always it's it's I would say it's rarely what happens if you approach a movie with openness like and attention it, like it's rarely sure. what happens I mean usually what you feel at the end is rejuvenated and like happy like usually that's what happens it's it's rare that you go to a movie and you're like oh my gosh yeah like that's just not that's I not mean common. It, it it happens like I, I can think of movies that that's happened with me sure um, I can think of them but that doesn't mean that but like, it doesn't they, happen they're, that they're that representative often. uh sure and I, and I understand that but I think that. I think that there are uh, – the, the eat your vegetables kind of mentality of it is that uh, when people have had that experience, that it's it's so – maybe it was unexpected, mm. but it's so impactful for them that they fear that happening more. Right. And so they're like, I just want to shut off my mind. I'll watch Fast and the Furious right. uh, for the 27th time. Uh, or the twenty seventh Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, and so and so they they don't they don't like dip their their toe back into that that pool very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, what I would communicate is it's not supposed to be exhausting. It can be exhausting. Uh, but but it, if you're going into a movie with just an open mind and you like and you just you want to enjoy yourself, hopefully if it's a good movie, uh, most of them leave you feeling good. Yeah, like that's generally movies will do that. And so and so if you go in and you just want to like take something from it and you're just like I'm willing to ask myself questions, I'm willing to ask the movie questions and see what I get back. Yeah, uh, you should have a pleasant rejuvenating experience almost every time and if it's good you know i think there's a there's a it occurs to me that there's a critical distinction here that we may be missing and that is um that is the other the other tension the intention right the intention of going to see a movie if you are exhausted by the end of a movie i think a lot of the time it's because of a lot of resistance because you went in wanting something oh, oh, and the movie wasn't giving it to you or was giving you something you didn't want and you were just and you were fighting it like the mm-hmm. whole time which which if you think about it like let's take the big the big sick is actually a pretty good example right yeah because here I can absolutely yeah. see people saying I was exhausted you go to the movie yeah. you go to see the big sick and you're expecting because you watched a preview and you heard you your friends said it was really funny and fun and cool and they loved it and what a great and the dude from Silicon Valley and in the it. dude from Silicon Valley is in it and he's so funny and so you go expecting like a regular romantic comedy where sure. you can kind of just like relax and enjoy yourself and have some laughs and feel sweet because they, the, you know, it's cute and whatever. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then it's over and they're together and oh, great, like fun time at the movies. And instead what you get is this like 
very raw kind of, you know, unapologetic look at like a relationship mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, that does a lot of a lot of funny things, but also does a lot of unfunny things mm-hmm. that are hard. And if you are going in expecting one thing and getting the other, you're going to be fighting it the whole time. And so, of course, at the end, you're just going to be like, oh, my gosh, I was just in the freaking boxing ring with this movie. And it kept hitting me with things I didn't want to be hit with. Yeah. And so so I think that the key here is intention. You have to you have to intend to be open. Be generous. Think about, like, this movie is going to have some things for me that I don't expect. What am I going to do? Am I going to sit there and, like, be upset that it's offering me ideas and situations that I didn't expect and that I didn't and that I didn't want or that I was whatever? Or am I going to allow this movie to be what it is and see what it has to offer and and just accept as much as I can. Yeah. Like whatever, you know, because you can't accept everything all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but 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 you can, you know, if something happens that you don't find acceptable, you can kind of let it go and like wait for the next thing, you know? I think the, the, the movies that have been the most exhausting for me were the movies that uh, just, just relentlessly offered, like kept like putting things in front of me that I really didn't want. Yeah. And like that, and, and you know, like it's not... You can't blame somebody for having that happen, but like you, that can happen so much less if you just if you just go in generously and you think I want to just take as much as I can, whatever so it is. The we recently covered the the Call of the Wild movie, yeah, and we talked about it's I also a I, good example in its own way uh, where I go I went in and I was expecting a Harrison Ford vehicle, <laughs> um, a, you know that was that was you know maybe like. If if the family had some teenagers, it would be a family movie. But sure. like it's for like upper teens and 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 adults adventure movie. Uh, and I was upset for the first twenty minutes of yeah. this movie. And <laughs> if it I, wasn't giving you what you were it expecting, and it was not at all. And yeah. if I had remained in that mode, yeah. I would have been exhausted by the end. Yeah. I might I might have walked exhausted out exhausted and pissed off, and I was I would have been angry, and it would have been the worst freaking movie ever. But when I realized, oh, this is a kids movie. Mm-hmm. If I can, if I just need to switch that brain, switch that switch in my brain that maybe I'm looking at like an, an, an animated movie, mm-hmm. then I did that and I had a great time. Yeah, and I just went nice and smooth. Yeah, like a like a sled on snow, you could say. That's why it's so important to try to figure out, and this is the the, the movie's responsibility is to communicate to you effectively what it is and what it's trying to do within the first 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So if you can give if you can give 10 or 15 minutes to the movie to let you know what it's trying to do and try to understand what it's trying to do and let it be that thing, yeah. then you will not be exhausted by it. Yeah. Because if the movie is good, then it will it will successfully do the thing that is that it has communicated that it's trying to do in the first ten or fifteen totally. minutes. That's like the point. Like that's that's the whole thing. Also, this isn't like when I watched a Quiet Place in the theater, I came out exhausted. The reason I was exhausted, and the reason people get exhausted, The Invisible Man, the same thing, <laughs> is because every muscle was clenched <laughs> and I was tired. Which is which is what you wanted. <laughs> which is which is what I wanted. That's what you were, so I had yeah, a great time. Yeah. Anyway, um, this has been really fun. This has been really great. Um, I, I I am nervous about covering like four different things every episode. I mean, I'm thinking about talking about Breaking Bad next week. Oh, wow. And that's going to be a conversation. We're gonna, Same well, with about time. Well, we're gonna. Well, we're we're gonna try to be. We're gonna we're gonna do our best to be. Uh, okay, so, a couple more notes. If you're still with us, <laughs> you're still listening. 
Which, first of all, good for you. Awesome. Good yeah. for you. You are, you are a true <laughs> you are believer. A trooper. And we, we appreciate <laughs> you and we love you. Um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, just doing one episode a week for the next while. Yes, we didn't mention and that. And so we're not going to we're not going to be doing uh, two episodes a week like we usually do. We're not doing off the, the basically every episode is a kind of an off the shelf type episode. Um, and so we're just going to cover a few titles, a few a few properties and then we're going to call it good for until next week. Um, so, you know, if, if our episodes be, end up being a little longer, that's okay, but we're also going to do our best to try to be a little more efficient. So we're not going to like do a full like deep try to be comprehensive into yeah. each thing. We're just going to try to like stab deep, but quickly. Guarantee there out. will be times we can't help it though. Yeah. A, Bojack being a good example yeah. this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to do our best and we'll, 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 it'll be a learning experience for us too, because we, uh, we're not necessarily great at being succinct all the time. Sometimes also, not, we're, especially me, I'm the worst. We're talking about way more content. Yeah. Right? We're not talking about two hours of content. We're talking about oh, yeah. six seasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we're going to – this will be really great practice for us to try to keep things tight, and we're going to do our best, and you will be on this journey with us. Yes. Also, uh, I'm going to throw this out there because we are not uh, we are not om- omniscient. Sure, yeah. All-knowing. All-knowing, yep. yeah. We are not omniscient or when it comes – Or omnipotent. Or omnipotent. Well, speak for yourself <laughs> uh, about uh, about all the content that's on streaming services. So, you, if you have recommendations that you want us to cover, uh, comments you can send, you know, email, all that, uh, and uh, I'll check them out, yeah. and uh, and uh, we'll potentially talk about them. And uh, one other reminder to check out all the other rec- the, all the recommendations that we're not putting in the episode itself on our website. Nerd, yes. Nerdcriticpodcast.com. Yes. Lots of other lots of other recommendations for streaming stuff. So if you don't like what we're offering or you just need more because you are just bitching a lot yeah. of TV, <laughs> yeah. then uh, we'll have plenty of other rec- rec- recommendations for you. Cool. Uh, I think that's it. Thank you, Michael Bond Miller, for the wonderful music. Yes. And everybody, binge content like a nerd and appreciate it like a critic. And cut.